Hi, my name is Vikram and I am a concert photographer. Welcome to Tales from the Road, podcast where I talk to bands, musicians and artists about their lives and their stories. I grew up listening to a lot of these bands and musicians and over the years as a touring photographer, I've also had the pleasure of meeting, spending time and traveling with some of these iconic rock stars. Tune in to get a glimpse of the person behind the icon and listen to some tales from the road. This show is brought to you in association with Baba Prasad from DigiSound Studios. Hey, bro. Hey, Joel. How's it going? We were at two o'clock today, right? Yeah, yeah, we were at two, yeah. Okay, good. I saw your message. I went, oh, don't tell me I screwed up the time, so. No, no, okay, no. Good. We had uh, scheduled two o'clock. How are you? How have you been? I'm doing all right, man. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm all right. Um, we're still in lockdown in India where I am, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've never been to India. I would love to go to India. Yeah, so I was um, I was actually hoping you guys would stop off. Would You guys would come to India from Singapore. Yeah, me too. That would have been awesome. I, I It's amazing I haven't been there yet. I really want to get there. Yeah, that'll be really nice. Um how, what's it like in New York now? Are people, has everything opened up? Are people social distancing? Uh, you know, I, it doesn't really affect me much, honestly, because right now I'm just, I'm teaching a lot of Skype lessons at home okay. and I'm recording and writing. So I'm kind of the type of person who would pretty much just be in my apartment anyway. Okay. I go for a jog every day, Okay. but I, I don't really go out to restaurants or go out to bars or anything okay. like that. So okay. I just don't really, I, I know it's, it's definitely not like, you know, many people out like today I went for my run in the park and there mm-hmm. was not many people out. So, okay. and it's a sunny day. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I was, um, looking at some pictures from London last night and it was absolutely crazy. Uh, I think that they, they find these little spots where people congregate here and there. I don't know, you know, it's so hard for me to comment on that because I'm just not really a part of any of yeah. that. And I wouldn't be even if there was no pandemic. Like, I, like I'm just not out hanging out in like large crowds. The only time I'm in large crowds is when I'm playing on stage. <laughs> yeah, because today in India... Um, we um, we opened up, so there were some relaxations in India, and um, everything was chock a block. People were out on the streets, and um, you know, there's no social distancing and all of that. So, uh, yeah, I well, it's been a yeah, difficult. it's hard for me to it's hard for me to definitively comment on any of that stuff. There's just so many different yeah, so so many opinions and comments and ay ay ay. I'm just at the point now where I just want to do my thing yeah. and it, try not to focus on it much, you know, yeah. just like play guitar, work, uh, be productive and try not to let it into my headspace a whole lot that this is going on. Yeah, there's been a lot going on, right? There's been the protests and then there's been all of this stuff with the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of the same deal there. I mean, I'm just... Uh, I I understand where everybody's coming from. I yeah. just try to do the best I can. And uh, for me, that always just comes down to just trying to to work and be productive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be, a, be a productive member of society. That's all I can try and do, man. But that's, that's quite amazing, right? That you've been able to do um, a 
a fair bit during the lockdown. I found it really hard, for example, to focus and to get stuff done. Um, yeah, I, at first it was more about just uh, making up for lost time with the, the kids. Yeah. Uh, just because year, last year I was on the road so much. I was on the road for 285 days last year. Wow. So um, it was really nice at, at first to have that like 24-7 with the kids. The kids right. weren't in school and uh, making up for lost time. But then after a while, it's like I just want to I, I need to get myself back in the mindset of moving forward with guitar and uh, yeah. just everything that I've worked so hard for in my life to get to this point. So. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just yeah. really but, uh, back, in, back they, in work mode. Nice. Do the kids play music as well? My son has taken piano lessons. He's eight. Uh, my daughter's a little young yet. She's four. Uh, but they both really like music. My daughter sings a lot. Uh, my son loves to air drum and air guitar <laughs> and pretend he's a rock star. But then the only real music he plays is classical piano right now. Oh, nice. That's nice that yeah. he has... Uh, that he has uh, someone to look up to, a guitar player to look up to, as it were, right? I uh, guess. I don't know, man. Maybe that's a bad thing. No, I because I was, reading, um, I was reading an article somewhere about why guitar sales were down. And people were saying there, are, you know, there, there aren't too many people that they can look up to and get inspired and play guitar. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, you know. Whatever he wants to do with his life is great with me as long as he works hard. That's kind of my thing. Let's just yeah. make sure that he's uh, um, dedicated to whatever he wants to do and, and, and tries his best. That's, that's the more important part. I'm not really one of those parents that's like, please play guitar, play guitar. Yeah. So well, I, it's fine if he doesn't want to, but he, that, he definitely needs to be into it. Nice. But was that what growing up for you was like? Were you because your parents were musicians, was it just natural for you to become a musician as well? Uh, my parents forced me on the stuff young, like on the cello and then piano, and then guitar was my choice Okay. at, at the age of 11. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they probably, because both of my parents are classical musicians and we're on the same page, we're kind of hoping that one of their kids <laughs> would be this virtuoso classical player but uh, it didn't really work out that way <laughs> yeah yeah nice but um you're doing skype lessons as well now you take skype uh, classes yeah i've skype. been doing uh i've been doing one-on-one -on -one lessons with people via skype and having a good time with it and uh teaching master classes for rock and roll fantasy camp i've got another one coming up pretty soon for uh, uh rock stars of tomorrow nice. and then two more in uh, later August for Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp again that are going to be geared more towards beginners and intermediate players. Um, just because, I mean, I enjoy the teaching thing. It doesn't always have to be like a, a high-level showcase yeah, of yeah, like playing yeah. for me to enjoy teaching. So um, I'm going to do those. Um, yeah, I've been writing for a couple projects and uh, we got some other little, you know, like online type of uh Quarantine nice. moments coming yet where yeah. collaborations of people and uh, yeah, just uh, making the most of it, man. I, I like to say I'm trying to make lemonade out of the uh, 2020 <laughs> lemons. Yeah, 2020 has been a crazy year, and you have Kanye West running for president now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess crazy times, right? Crazy times call for crazy ideas. I absolutely, guess. absolutely. Tell me, how did the uh, the Echo Bats uh, project come up? Is that just a quarantine thing, or is there an album in the works? 
Uh, it was really Tony Harnell and Matt Starr connected about doing a project and they thought of me on guitar and we kind of talked about wanting to do something a little bit different for all of us and not just the standard hard rock thing. So we talked about Queen, Beatles kind of influence, yeah. uh, maybe with atypical song forms, not just like, although this first single is pretty typical song form. So we did, we give Tony some ideas and this is the first one that he uh, completed and we thought we'd put it out and gauge the reaction and see if it warrants putting out more. It's so a nice it's happy kinda, song. It's a happy song. Yeah, it's really, uh, really Beatlesy, jellyfish kind of thing, yeah. which is is fun. I mean, it, it's it's great for me to be able to showcase my versatility a little bit and write a song like that with Tony that's uh, more in the power pop realm than in the hard rock realm and. Just to, I guess, uh, avoid stereotypes. Yeah. Have it be, yeah. be like, oh, that, this is what he does. He only does that one thing. I, I, I th definitely think of myself as a musician first, regardless yeah. of yeah. what um, the gig you put me on or what genre. So uh, it's fun to, to have some versatility showcased with this. But that's, um, you know, what's also amazing is that you're able to balance all of this stuff. Um, that's very incredible. I find that incredible. Yeah, it's not, it's just, I mean, at the, for the time being, it's not very difficult. It, it's just kind of uh, the time consuming part is the teaching. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Whitesnake is more or less. I mean, we have, we have the compilation release, the rock album that's out awesome. right now. It's great. I was able to be a part of five or six songs. I don't know exactly how many were from Restless Heart, but uh, there's a new track. Uh, and then uh, I added to Adrian Vandenberg's playing on like whatever was going to be on Restless Heart, which I think is maybe five songs. I don't have okay. to count off the top of my head. But so that's cool to to be a part of. But we're not like actively touring right now and yeah. we're not actively recording new materials. So, um, you know, we're we're just all keeping in touch and keeping our uh, uh, I guess our energies in line yeah. with each other. But, uh, not too not too hard to balance with White Sick right now. And. Trans-Siberian, yeah. we're just in a holding pattern to see if the tour yeah, is going to happen or not in November, December. So fingers are still crossed, but uh, yeah. I would say probably not looking good. Just yeah. I don't have any inside info or any, uh, but it just looks like everything's canceled this year. Yeah, but I think they've, they've been experimenting with a couple of formats with regard to live music, right? There's been a drive-in concert and there's been, um, I think there's some other streaming stuff that's been happening and all of that. Right? Yeah, we'll see. I with with Trans-Siberian, that's such a gigantic operation that just yeah. always comes down to management and what their vision is, and they do a fantastic job. So just kind of on the long for the ride. Yeah. How was the uh, How was the Asia run with White Snake? You were in Singapore. You were in Australia, and then you had come down to Singapore, right? Yeah, it was. Well, we got thrown a curveball with Klaus having kidney stones in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. fortunately, we lost a few shows, um, which down there people fly. So it it wasn't wasn't ideal but we were able to get the sydney show to happen um melbourne and sydney and then we were able to go to indonesia and uh and then play singapore so it was a great way to start the year um, yeah. i wish that we could have fulfilled all the shows down in australia because it was my first time down there with white snake i'd been down there playing with share but it would have been really cool to fulfill all the shows at white snake so hopefully we have an opportunity to get down there again yeah, yeah, I think the Singapore Rock Fest is scheduled for early next year, I think. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. We, yeah, I think we've rescheduled it for next year. And the uh, the festival in Indonesia as well, I think, is scheduled for next year. I think Slipknot 
were due to play okay. headline both those festivals. So I think, um, you know, that's kind of happening early uh, next year. Cool. Right on. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen and hopefully live music will come back in uh, 21. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, just just going back to the uh, early days, um, Joel. How did uh, how did um, you know you went to the Guitar Institute and what 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 happened from then on? You studied at the Guitar Institute, right? And, uh, yeah, I went to GIT when I was nineteen. Uh, that's in Hollywood, California. So that was my yeah. first big like move away from home. Uh, I worked for a year after the school uh, at Cherokee Studios as a runner and then as a tech. I worked my way up to studio technician uh, pretty quickly, uh, but that lasted like a year. And then things were just crazy out there. It was the Rodney King riots at the time, and I was just not making any money, and I wasn't being able to make any money with my guitar, more importantly. So um, I decided to go back to Chicago, where I grew up, the suburbs, and uh, I started teaching a lot of lessons and just playing gigs with my own band. And then... Uh, things kind of gradually got more and more active with um, playing and gigging and I uh, ended up gigging there with this girl named Kathy Richardson and her band and she got a role as Janis Joplin in a in a theater piece and that's what brought me to New York that show called Love Janis a show about Janis oh, Joplin yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when that when that came to New York, I was able to get the gig, basically. This is the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> but I uh, came to New York, and ever since, I've just kind of been making a living uh, as a performer until this year, kind of bringing the teaching back. But it's just been nonstop gigging, man, just uh, working hard. Nice. How did Whitesnake come about? It's been six, seven years now with Whitesnake. Yeah, White Snakes started in 2014. So, um, yeah, uh, just like anybody else, I, I auditioned, basically. I, I reached out to Rev Beach first because we knew each other from when I um, joined Night Ranger. I really took over for Rev. Yeah. Um, so we had spoken on the phone briefly back then. So I sent him some video links. I didn't hear anything at first. And then... Uh, Phil Carson, who manages Foreigner, was kind enough to reach out to David and say, hey, can you take a look at this guy and give him an audition? And um, when I went in for the audition, we, David and I got along great. And things obviously went well enough music-wise for me to get the gig. And um, so, yeah, here I am six years later. A really uh, phenomenal experience. Really great. Yeah. Um, how's it been? I mean, working with them, is there? there's no, there's no ego... There's no ego clashes in this. It's just with, with Rev, with with White Snake, yeah, with with Rev, oh, yeah, with because two, yeah, two guitar players we're, we're and all nice of that. Mix of guys. We got obviously David, who's a legend, and then yeah. we got Tommy Aldridge, who fits into that category as well, really. So, and then Rev had a lot of success when he was younger. So we got these guys that sold millions of albums and yeah. did, did all this crazy stuff in rock, and then guys like. Uh, myself and, and Michael Devitt and Michaela Lupe, who uh, just bring the enthusiasm and maybe aren't as uh, well known like internationally as those guys, but um, but we we all get along on a musical level and uh, on a personal level. It's it's like most bands have been in, very much about the laughs. Yeah, like, yeah. We we just always we turn into a bunch of thirteen year olds and <laughs> get, get get us on a bus, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have a really good time. Those, they're all great guys. 
Amazing. How do you manage to, how do you stay focused on long tours? You were on the road so much last, all of, all, almost all of last year, right? How do you, um, how do you keep it together? Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a difficult answer. I mean, I, I just try to stay productive every day. That's my thing moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I guess it just comes down to that. So just trying to exercise a little bit every day, keep my mindset there, being have a check in every day with in terms of the big picture with some gratitude, saying thanks for what I have, and um, uh, and and putting in the time, you know, like make sure I play guitar every day. Yeah, uh, I mean I take days off here and there, but for the most part I play every day, and um, yeah, just moving forward and staying productive and thankful for everything. That's that'll kind of keep you sane more yeah. than. Uh, uh, it's it's very easy to fall into the trap of complaining when. <laughs> so it's I, I think that's for anybody in any circumstance though, and life is really great. Uh, you can still end up being like the type of person that complains about Absolutely. it. So, so try to avoid those pitfalls of turning into that guy. You know? Yeah, no, I think it's also about um, taking responsibility, right? You're responsible for the situation that you're in. And, yeah, um, David is yeah. David's a top-notch professional. So, I mean, uh, things obviously operate that way. Um, and I, I think that's that's all he really wants out of everybody yeah, is just yeah. for us all to uh, treat treat the situation with, with respect. I mean, it's it's been uh, remarkably easy to date uh, to work for him or with him, depending yeah. on how you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, I, he's great. We get along really great. Yeah, because I was uh, I was watching the Michael Jordan um, documentary and uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah, and you know he's. He, uh, he seemed like quite a difficult person to work with and get along with, right? Um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's hard to. Uh, it's hard to really take any of any of the that the stuff too seriously from that. Uh, yeah. uh, in general, like I, I, I really, I, I love what Michael Jordan achieved playing basketball, and I grew up in the Chicago area, so yeah. for me it was fun. I remember a time when he was just the new player on the Bulls. He wasn't Michael Jordan, what he became, and um, but I'd like to think I keep it all in check and not, you know, it's not like idolatry or anything like that. I just, uh, I, I like what he's, uh, his public perception, his image, yeah. for sure, uh, in terms of putting in the work and, and what you're able to achieve through hard work. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the uh, awesome, fun, entertaining moments that <laughs> he gave us during that yeah. time. But no, amazing. Nobody, nobody's a perfect human. I would never, uh, I would never expect him to necessarily be the that's true. Yeah, a yeah. flawless human being. You know, that's like unfair and also unrealistic of anybody. So yeah, but yeah. I think what stood out in that was just the the sheer physical. Um, and mental dominance over everybody and everything else. That was quite amazing. Yeah, I think he uh, he he managed to tap into, uh, I guess, a, a lot of people in the world, like, and find uh, common ground, right? So that's yeah. that would come. The, the hard work thing definitely appeals to the conservatives and saying, absolutely, well, that's you know, how you, how you make your way in life and, and that kind of thing, the tough love thing you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. um, 
Well, at the same time, I think he was definitely uh, an artist in many regards, the way he, he approached the sport and was not uh, did not just fall into line and play the, the, the sport the way it had always been played. He yeah. kind of also uh, so in many ways, not not conservative. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just that's uh, an interesting sociological study, I guess, on why Absolutely. he's so popular. Absolutely. And a lot of hard work. I think that's the other thing the documentary showed, just how much work he put in. And, um, you know, it's easy to say someone is a genius or someone is God, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, yeah, I think it, in many ways we create our own destinies for sure. With we, you know, hard work creates good, good luck, right? The harder you yeah. work, the luckier you get. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I just going back to the early days, how did you... Um, you know, how did you deal with the financial instability of being a musician in the early days? Uh, yeah, so the teaching thing definitely helped. And here yeah. I am falling back on it right now again. <laughs> but it was a lot of it. A lot of it was having that stability and being able to make it through. And then I don't know. I, I mean, it's funny. I tell people all the time I look back on some of the times and I go, man, I'm not sure how I made it through it. But yet at the time I was never unhappy or never really felt like uh, I was going to give up. So I don't know. I just, just kind of made my way through it in terms yeah. of, I, I, I guess when I was 11 and I first learned guitar, it's, I just knew that was what I was going to do. And one way or another, I figured it'll be okay. That's quite amazing. But do you still, do you still look for different kinds of project, different sounds, or are you, um, do you like to stay within like a comfort zone as it were? Well, I'm terrible when it comes to like, when people ask me who I'm listening to or what I'm listening to these days, it's usually like nothing. Uh, I, I uh, Well, I just work on music. I don't really listen to it so much. Um, so yeah, that's kind of depending on how you look at it. Uh, when it, If it comes to, if your question is as a listener, then <laughs> uh, bad. If, uh, but in terms of being open-minded to what I play, I'm yeah. totally open-minded. Like I would, I would take on any playing situation that's going to make me a better player and uh, help me make a living. And uh, you know, I, I would rather get paid to practice my guitar than to just sit and noodle. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, for me, it's also working on real music and not just running scales or something. So um, any opportunity I have to play and get better, I'm, I'm pretty much in as yeah. long as the people are positive people. And it's uh, and, yeah. and as long as it's not going to screw up my main gigs, like, yeah. you know, David's great that way. He doesn't mind us uh, playing with people and doing sessions and things like that, as long as we're available when Whitesnake needs, needs us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any more solo? Um, do you have another solo album coming out? Um, I do. Yeah. So I'm. I, I consider that really my rock side project. That Joel Hookster's thirteen, yeah. and the first album was out in 2015. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm in the mix phase here with the um, with the follow up. So I'm excited about that. It sounded really good. I dig the songs a lot and. Uh, that stuff is not so much about me uh, coming off as a guitar hero. It's more about like the, the songs. It sounds very much like a band, even though it's not really a yeah. band. It's like my favorite rock musicians who play on it. But yeah. that's kind of that's the gist of it. 
Yeah. So, is there an album out? I mean, are you coming out with an album this year? Is it is it due out this year? I I don't have an exact release date. I mean, I, I hope to have it out later this year. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some um, you know the show is called Tales from the Road. So, what are some fun road stories with um, White Snake? Fun road stories of White Snake. That's very broad and general. Yeah, it is. Gone. I need to, I need to think about that. Um, I mean, the the whole thing's been a great ride. Uh, gosh, because I get asked by people all the time, right? Uh, I travel with bands from time to time, and I get asked for, you know, what goes on backstage and what happens, and um, all of that stuff. So. I mean, typically, we we'll sound check and hang out and. Um, we have a little time where the band gets together and we sing together before we go out. Okay. And then we have what's called the snake thing where everybody puts their, so you get done with the singing, there's a little break, everybody washes their hands or whatever and, and <laughs> <laughs> takes takes their last minute leak before we have to go out on stage for an hour or two or whatever. And then uh, we'll do the, the snake thing. And that's, so we'll get the call for that. And everybody puts their hands in the center and David says some, uh, inspiring words to us and and off we go nice nice um but I, in terms of uh gosh i mean it's really hard to just all of a sudden cite like a story from the road yeah. it's just there's a there's so many the whole thing is just a series of yeah. cool stories i can imagine yeah yeah but um tell me something you you know you you've managed to be successful in what is essentially a tough business right what advice would you have um for somebody who's trying to, you know, start out in the music business. Yeah, it's just back to that hard work thing and breaking that down to a daily thing, making sure that you're productive every day rather than being the person who talks themselves into saying, well, I have this to do today, so I'll, I'll make up for it tomorrow. And that usually doesn't work. Um, I tell people it's a lot like exercise. You can't be the person who goes and works out seven hours one day in the gym and have that be the same as seven days of the week working out yes. for one hour. Yeah. So it's yeah. the it's the consistency. So the daily approach to it that will make the difference. And if you're outworking the other people, then that certainly gives you good odds, uh, better odds. And I, I look at it like inevitably good things happen from that. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said uh, for consistency, right? To be being consistent and being yeah develop consistent habits that's why i i always say that the the daily thing is is the important part of it yeah making yeah. sure that you're you're building all these habits and it's like something that you do every day yeah that will that will make the difference even though it won't necessarily seem like it yeah. right time just moves so slowly in some regards uh, yeah. especially when we have like places like things that we want to achieve so younger kids that are hoping to make a living in music and they're dreaming of it and it seems unattainable and so far off you have to realize you're just taking baby steps towards it you're not going to jump all the way from point a to yeah. point z yeah you have yeah. to you have to go every step of the way and that's yeah. going to require um daily habits yeah yeah anyway joel i think we're about a 30 minute time limit um awesome thank you for doing this is there anything else that you'd like to Talk about, is there anything else you'd like to um, tell? Sarah, I mean, just thank you so much. I appreciate your time and have a good yeah. day and all. Thank stuff. you, Joel. You take care and stay oh, safe. Oh.
Yeah, I hope to get to India and meet up sometime. Oh, yes, please. It would be great if you could come to India. All right. All right. George. All right. Cheers, Thanks. man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Tales from the Road. Tales from the Road is brought to you by the Concert Photographer and Moving Pictures Media. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify or Google Play. Thank you for listening.